0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. It's it. good. So for then by two handed flush from Brittany Griner. Swing it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes, the Lumberjacks have done it.
1: Spins. season for texas they finished 34 and 0 the number one ranked team from beginning to end winning their
0: first ncaa championship
1: and the first NCAA... hello everybody and welcome to the texas 24 podcast on the dave campbell's podcast network i'm your host matthew bruni and joining me fresh from vacation is ishmael johnson
0: ish how are you doing Good man, reloaded, relaxed. Uh, hit up Nashville for a couple days and uh, yeah, feeling good.
1: Yeah, you, how, how's your bank account doing after you spent all of it at the Titan store? Man, I yeah,
0: it's doing it's recovering. I've, I've put myself on like a kind of a, a moratorium spending moratorium <laughs> uh, for the week because that I don't know, I, I, I knew I was gonna spend a lot of money at that store. Um, even yeah. then doing it it was like oh geez and then of course the rest of the trip had to happen so yeah. like yeah and i drove too so it was like gas and all yeah. that too
1: so i was just like oh god yeah it's, it just kept stacking on top of each other
0: yeah yeah so i basically got i bu- i got a bunch of groceries and i was like you know what i'm not going out to
1: eat i'm not going uh, not going I'm, out not moving. So
0: i'm just, yeah right i'm just i just gotta I just gotta get through this week without spending a dime
1: yeah That. Old college phase. We gotta have that that college. Oh, right, right, right. Um, right. and then you know, if if the Suns win the title, then you gotta just j- drop it a couple hundred there uh, on some, some merch.
0: I I had that nightmare scenario too. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god, what if they win? Like, like of course, like you know, like of course, what well, problem? Like, oh, what if your team wins a championship? But it's like, I gotta jump on some merch too. Yeah. like
1: Oh jeez. What a I two week span for you. What a two. Oh god.
0: Stand. We'll see. It's only two. It's only two. One. It's not over till home team loses. So. There you go.
1: So there you go. We'll see. There you go. Well, we have a good amount to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about some Team USA players from Texas first, and maybe um, some other stuff with the Olympics, and then mm-hmm. uh, look at some players that withdrew their name from the NBA draft since we've last uh, done a podcast. Um, look at Isaiah Small from Texas State and his situation, and then look at the NBA draft that's coming up in what a week, two weeks from now, I guess. At this yeah. Point? Two weeks. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's start with, um, some team USA talk. Uh, you mentioned this before the podcast and it is interesting to look at the players from Texas that are representing, you know, team USA. Uh, so we'll start with them on the women's side. You have Ariel Atkins, uh, and Brittany Griner, both from Texas, obviously, Brittany Griner, Houston from Houston went to Baylor and Ariel Atkins from Duncanville went to Texas. Um, I mean, this women's roster is just completely loaded and stacked in pretty much every way, shape, or form, um, mm-hmm. minus a couple uh, players that I guess we can talk about now that might be headed to Nigeria. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah. I was, I was just going to mention, I mean, the big the big leave-off was uh, Neko Ogumake. Yeah. That was kind of the big controversy at the time. Um, I believe uh, the big the big discussion was like well then who do you kind of take off for Neko mm-hmm. Gumake? um I believe she was the only and M- former MVP to not be picked something like that um and so of course she wasn't picked and that was a big storyline well a couple of days later uh, Nigeria announced a provisional roster and of course this isn't everybody who's confirmed going but this is the people that are obviously you know uh, uh, announced as um, uh, that they're in their selection pool, yeah. And they selected all three Ogumike sisters: Neka, Chine, and Erica, who of course just graduated last year from Rice. Um, so I, I think that that'd be insane. Like I really do think Neka is going. I would I would love for all of three to go. I think Neka is going. Everything she said, kind of hints that she wants to go. Obviously, she came back from injury, and it's kind of been a big deal. Um, she kind of really aimed specifically to go to the Olympics, so I think Mecca will go. I hope Erica will go. Um, she's only a year out of playing. I know she went to medical school. She passed up the WNBA to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she does go, and it would be cool to see China go as well. Like you know, that it would be really cool to see the kind of them three play together for the first time, and for us to you know see how that plays out. Because I believe there's also a couple of other WNBA players that were named to the provisional roster. So, like, Nigeria has an interesting – a very interesting team if mm-hmm. all the best players decide to go.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I just want to see it for the competition aspect. I mean, Nigeria men's just beat the the U.S. men's in the exhibition. Yeah. So, um, I, I tweeted out that makes the uh, Olympics all the more interesting to me because – I mean, while you know, go USA, you know, beat everybody by 50, cool, right. But as a basketball fan, I just want to see them actually have to kind of work for it now. And sure. I think on the women's side as well, hey, let's go get some players uh, around the world. And because as we know, the global game is starting to expand and starting to really show itself. Um, one thing on the U19 rosters is where I was kind of looking at, and that's where on the boy, on the men's, I, I, I'm gonna call them men's, men's especially. Mm-hmm. You see some really interesting names here. So you have um you have ha- Harrison Ingram from mm-hmm. Dallas, St. Mark's High School committed to Stanford. He's only 18 years old, six foot seven. Uh you have Mike Miles from TCU Lang- mm-hmm. from Lancaster. He obviously had a very good freshman year for TCU this past year, and he was really good in, in the starting lineup for, for the U19 team. You have Kenneth Lofton, who plays at uh Louisiana Tech and is from Port mm-hmm. Arthur. And so this team ended up going and playing and was down to France pretty much the entire time in the gold medal game and storms back and ends up winning the game by five. I believe it was Um yeah. close game, a really good game. Uh, they're led by Jamie Dixon from TCU as well. So there's another Texas connection there. It's just a team that has some interesting Texas talent on it to go along with, you know, Chet Holm, Chet Holmgren, and Patrick Baldwin, and a bunch of good players on it. So wanted to give yeah. them a shout out. Um, that was a that was a good team, and it's an interesting team. On the women's side for the under nineteen, there's only one, and mm-hmm. her name is Jewel Spear from mm-hmm. the Colony, who is committed to Wake Forest. And actually, she just played her freshman year at Wake Forest. But um, yeah, five ten guard. So best of luck to her um, in in her, um, experience with us basketball. So definitely interesting to see them all and we'll keep track with how they do. And I think it's going to make for a very interesting Olympics and U19, um, experience for all of them. So now we get to the interesting part for me and that's with players coming back because the last two podcasts for us ish have been about talking about, Oh, should players go? Should players come back? Should, Mm -hmm. what should they do? Where are they going to get drafted? Well, now we have the answer. The deadline passed, and Terrence Shannon was last, last minute, like one of the last guys to announce it, and he ends up coming back to Texas Tech. But another name that really stuck out to me, and we're going to start with these two, is Kendrick Davis for SMU. Yes. And my mind was blown because if you listen to our last podcast, you know how much I love Kendrick Davis and his game. So I guess we'll start with him. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for SMU? And just how excited are you to be, to watch him back?
0: I mean, it means that they have their guy to put it all together. Like we talked about all these transfers, right? We talked, uh, I don't even know if he really mentioned Tristan Clark, because he kind of happened when we were kind of yeah. in between breaks. So like Tristan Clark was a huge get, uh, of course, Zach, not Michael Weathers. Uh, Zurich Phelps is now coming into the, t- is coming in as well from uh, Duncanville? Like they have a lot of these guys that really are just making an interesting team and they needed someone to put it all together. And like, on paper, you looked at it, you're like, ah, oh, Kendrick Davis, he'd be that perfect guy, right? He's yeah. that he's that guy who can score, but he can also distribute. He kind of wants to distribute first, but he kind of had to score a lot last year. Um, now he has a lot of scores around him. Uh, he only came back. But again, his stock was pretty high. Didn't really know if it was for sure that he was gonna come back, but but you kind of hoped. And I mean, I like SMU a lot, man. This is a good, this is a good. A uh, group of uh, group of players i mean especially if tristan clark can get back to what he was like at baylor before he decided to before he had to you know medically uh, uh medically retire I think it was yeah um I mean come on this is this is a fun collection of players who you know uh has to put it together right they all have to fit together but they have a dude who can naturally do that now at a high level.
1: Yeah like can like let's just say these five guys like I'm obviously there's other players that can move around and stuff. You have Kendrick Davis, Zach Nuttall, Emmanuel Bandamel. I can never say his name. Bandamel. I'm yeah. going to say it like that. Uh, <laughs> then you have Michael Weathers, Marcus Weathers, and Tristan Clark. That's six players right there that are very, very talented players. Like, if nothing else, you're just going to have a front six that can just run with anybody that is mm-hmm. athletically able to play with a lot of teams and they're pretty experienced. For what it's yeah. worth, I mean, Marcus Weathers is a senior. Uh, Michael, Michael Weathers is obviously senior. Oh, well. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. But... Um, Tristan Clark, senior. Mm-hmm. Zach, N- Zach Nuttall, senior. Like Kendrick Davis, senior. We, we're we talking five seniors here. Yeah, Annamel is also a senior. I don't see how this team is not at least one of the top teams in the AAC, and that's without knowing anything. That's without knowing anything about, um, app not app. Wichita State, yeah, Um, Houston, we know is going to be good, but I mean, I'm putting SMU over them right now. I
0: I, I probably would. I I think you'd obviously have to – I mean, geez, when you lose guys like – I mean, Gorham's gone, right? Or is Gorham back? Gorham's gone. So, so. um, yeah, I don't know. I I think obviously you'd put the system of Houston maybe maybe is kind of what what gives you more faith in them next year. But on paper, man, I mean, SMU really does – there's a lot to like here. I mean, like I mentioned, I think one of my we talked about before even Tristan Clark committed to SMU, we liked what they brought in, right? With not all with Weathers, uh, Marcus and Michael. But then when Tristan Clark is like, oh, here's the – We were worried about the back. We were worried about the front court because yeah. he's like the back court had a lot of depth. Back court had a lot of explosive talent, immediate help. Now you have the front court, right? Uh, I think as a sophomore, he he like led the nation in field goal percentage. He averaged. Seventy-four percent from the field, basically shot. Uh, average fourteen uh as a sophomore, averaged fourteen point six rebounds, two blocks. Like through fourteen games before he had ended, you know, he uh, ended his year, of course, injury on as a sophomore. But uh as a junior, he came in and he was all preseason Big Twelve. Like he again, he was supposed to come in and he was part of that defensive rotation with them. Right? It was him. It was um um um. I'm already forgetting Mark Vital in that front court mm-hmm. and he was supposed to be one of those guys that came into that starting lineup this year. Of course, injury and again, injuries again, kind of derailed the season had to leave. If he's confident enough to be, to, to feel like he's okay to come back. Like if you can get a fraction of what he gave Bangler, right. Especially defensively. Yeah. You're, you're set, man. Like, I don't know this, this, I think they've done one. I think Jankovic knows that this is kind of a make or break year for him. Because they again, uh, th- this past year was weird with COVID and all that. So yeah. obviously, I think that you could just throw it, throw it out here. But I think that now he realized, okay, here's here's the, here's my shot, right? Here's the chance we have.
1: I'm man. There, there's not much else I can say. We're not going to spend too too long on this. But mm-hmm. Kendrick Davis is in all a c-caliber player he might be the best player in the in the conference at this point and getting him back just for me makes this musty tv and he makes this team one of the best teams in texas pretty comfortably man I'm I, gonna mean, do start- you, I mean i was man, gonna say, I mean, say like do you, do
0: you go three do you go three guards do you go him not all davis and uh uh, and uh, or sorry davis not all, and weather's starting lineup like
1: the, the options are 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 endless <laughs> for this team like i'm yeah I mean, Bandeville, I like a lot. He averaged 10 a game pretty much when he sure. played. Um, you, you can't go wrong with the weathers. I mean, Clark, like you said, if he just gives them defensive presence alone, like he doesn't even have to give them that much offensively. Like if he just is a rim, rim presence there, it gives them that. If he can be solid on defense, that makes this team just a whole lot of fun. And so mm-hmm. I'm i'm big on smu here i'd have to compare their roster because i've been doing texas tech stuff for the 24-7 site for texas tech recently so i've looked into their team a lot and Mm -hmm. i like their team a lot and they still have a couple uh scholarships left to pick up but like smu and tech like i'm like here like okay these are two of the best let's say three four teams in texas and then you throw Baylor in there and you're like okay these are all teams that are like really good but then it's Mm -hmm. like who can take a step forward and Kendrick, Kendrick Davis being there gives me a lot of comfort with SMU when I compare them to tech or Baylor Mm -hmm. because giving them a capable point guard is just a different, it's a different animal. It's a different beast. So, um, but speaking of Texas tech, Terrence Shannon came back and it gave them Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCuller as basically their two star returners on the wing. Um, a, I think we both agreed that this was a good choice for Tan Shannon. Um, as far as mm-hmm. him getting a stock up because he's a little raw, he can refine his shooting, refine his ball handling, get his um, offhand going a little bit more. Uh, do you think it that it's enough to put Texas Tech in that conversation of top three, top two in the Big Twelve? Still early. Mm. It's still early. It's still early. No, not gonna, me, I'm not going to bind it, you but... to this. Yeah,
0: I'd say they're just on the cusp. I'd say they're just on the cusp of that, of, that, of that group. I think that, obviously, you look at Kansas. Obviously, I think what Texas is doing really quickly in trying to really compete in Chris Beard's first year kind of has them in that intriguing territory, too. Mm-hmm. I think Baylor, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, their return returner, Matthew Mayer, in a minute. Um, I think they're going to be there. I think Tech, I think they're right there. I don't know if they're exactly, again, and the other thing about tech under Chris Beard, which I'm hoping to see if this continues under Adams, is Chris Beard always had those guys that took the leap, right? Whether it was Jarrett Culver or Zaire Smith, somebody that always kind of took a leap forward. I'm curious if we see that from Terrence James. Because it seems like he's prone to be that guy. He's he's to me in position to be that guy. That's like, ah, because you always to me at least you always go into a season with tech. The past couple of years it was like, ah, who's the guy gonna be? And then all of a sudden they have a guy, right? Like I remember coming off the when Zaire Smith left, I was like, ah, Jared Culver's good. Like I don't know if he can yeah. be the guy, and of course he ended up being the guy. I think Terrence Shannon's positioned himself in that situation to where I think they're on the cusp. And if he can jump forward to be this first team, all big 12 guy, which I think he has the capabilities being. Yeah. You know, like I, I think they have they're they're one little step away from punching into that top group.
1: Yeah. Because the goal f- for this team, I think talent wise, they're going to be, because I like Mac McClung, but I think Terrence Shannon can do better than what he did last year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm as far as just being an overall player for, for this Texas tech team, if he takes that step forward, Uh, McCuller, I like a lot. Uh, They have new guys in the front court and they're still looking to add players there. Texas tech's goal this year is obviously to be higher than the sixth seed in the tournament that they were this past year. And I think Terrence Shannon gives them that chance. It's just like you said, whether he can reach that potential or not. I don't, I don't know. I, I, Mm -hmm. I legitimately don't know. And I don't, I can't guess because while I like him, it's still aspects of it, major aspects of his games that I don't trust yet. So, sure, no, 100%. We will have to see about that. Uh, next, let's get to Matthew May- Mayer from Baylor. Uh, this, unlike Terrence Shannon, I think this was something that needed to happen for Baylor. Like, this mm-hmm. is what Baylor needed. They, they, I don't know if they could have survived, and I obviously they would have been fine, but I don't know if they could have had the asp- same aspirations if Matthew Mayer would have left. And we both said when we talked about Matthew Mayer, he needs to come back because we think he can be a first round draft pick next year. Yes. hundred percent.
0: I'm really glad to see him coming back. Um, I think him and Flagler are going to be so much fun next year. We mentioned how we would like to see what he looks like as kind of the focal point of an offense. Um, And I think that I would like to see more of Flagler as a distributor and a playmaker um, because he was kind of their microwave off the bench. Of course, he didn't have to, Play make a lot he was mostly just you know get some shots up uh give one of the three guards some rest and, and we'll see where it goes from there um i really want to i'm really excited to see these two guys and like you mentioned like he has all the tools he has length he has athleticism he can handle the ball a little bit but of course he's a top tier shooter and three and d guys are a premium so if he can really show a little bit more of his creativity this year off the dribble uh, maybe some playmaking, off, you know, uh, some more off the ball movement. He can punch his way into that first round. I really do think in uh, 2022. And then of course for Baylor, I mean, you know, they're they. I think their front court's really good. They bring back uh, Chachua, Flo Flomba, and of course now they're adding more to their uh, to their experience. I think they're going to be pretty solid too.
1: Yeah, Texas brings back Courtney Ramey, which when I went through the list of players who withdrew their names from mm-hmm. the uh, the draft, I saw Courtney Ramey's name and I was like. I don't remember. I don't know when exactly that, that happened, that he withdrew his name, but I never felt like he was like actually going to go in the draft. And that's not right. a slight to him, but it felt like he was always going to come back to Texas because he's a really good player. And I feel like he can maybe get a little more of the limelight with at the guard position, even though we know Texas is reloaded and has a lot of talent. I think that's going to be pretty big for Texas as far as having an experienced player there in Ramey, who is a proven guy. And mm. who brings them a little bit of experience and continuity in that front court, even though you do have a coaching change. And it shows a little bit of trust in coach Beard here. Obviously coach Beard had to give him a little pitch. I'm sure of being like, cause it, once Ramey withdrew from draft, I mean, he could have entered the transfer portal, gone anywhere mm. in the country. Sure. chose to come back to Texas from my knowledge. Um. So I, I think it's a good thing for Texas and for Chris Beard, just to build that foundation that he needs early on. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I got nothing more to add to that. All right, all right. Houston, Marcus Sasser, who I didn't know had entered his name in the draft, but I knew Fabian White did, I think, and both of them withdrew their names. Um, assuming both of them come back, I didn't double-check because now I'm cautious that like they're in the transfer pool now that I said that, but I don't think they are. I would have seen something about that. Um, with both of them back, Sasser and White, it does – go to what you said when we talked about Kendrick Davis and SMU, just that the system of Houston is going to be a monster in itself. Like it's not going to be something that you can just, that is going to go away in a year. And I think white is a player that kind of can take a step forward. You were high on him last year. You, uh, you liked him. And uh, what do you think he can do this year? That's going to help Houston take a step forward.
0: Yeah. I think that when you look at what Houston has coming back and of course, I forgot to add, they add, of course, Kyler Edwards, yeah. Um, so they're going to have, you know, some even more, uh, help, but what Fabian white to me, what he's going to be able to do, I think is, is they're going to need somebody to really be that presence now with, uh, Justin Gorman gone. And cause Justin Gorman was their guy that beat up everybody on the offensive glass. Right now they have Fabian white to be able to, they're going to rely on him a lot more to do a lot of that work yeah can he do that i don't know that's you know that's that's he's obviously a decent rebounder but of course when you have Gorham there and as a team you collectively rebound sensationally so you don't need if you're him you don't, don't need to really get more than four or five rebounds but they're going to have a little bit more um i think expectation of him in that regard than um than uh than they did last year i think I think his scoring took a little bit of a step back because again, they, they didn't, they had a lot more. um, And I think he also got, uh, he also battled injury a little bit. Yes. Um, But I think that I, I I don't know. I think their front court outside of him is a little more of a question mark. And so I'm wondering how much, I I, I think he can step up enough to where they can kind of let some of the other guys come into the group a little bit. I'm wondering if, I mean, knowing that Houston, how small they play, I mean, We'll probably see Kyler Edwards play the four a little bit Um, just because, again, Quint, uh, Quentin Grimes played the four. He played the three, of course, mostly last year, but they're not afraid to go really small. So I wouldn't be shocked to see um, uh, him kind of be relied on in that way.
1: Yeah. And then Sasser, obviously, without Grimes, with Grimes gone, mm-hmm. I think. I was disappointed in him in the tournament last year. He was a little too inconsistent for me. I had them sure. making the final four, and I was right. But it wasn't because Sasser – I thought Sasser was just going to – I think I had him as my, my breakout player in the tournament. Sure. And there were yeah, just they, some games where he was a little up and down.
0: Yeah. No, no, I mean, like, especially with a, with a Giroux gone now, like, they need that. They need somebody on the outside to kind of initiate everything. And defensively, too, Giroux was one of their best defenders on the perimeter, too. And they're going to need somebody to kind of initiate that that point of attack. So I think him, um, Tremon Mark obviously was somebody who showed flashes here and there as a sophomore or as a freshman, excuse me. Um, I'm wondering if we'll see a little more of Jamal Shedd, because um, he was mm-hmm. kind of lost in that backcourt as well, um, his freshman year. So I again backcourt I I'm not worried about at all, but um I think they have enough bodies to, you know, if not replicate, then do it by committee.
1: Um, but the front court is where I'm gonna be probably paying more attention. And then we go three um, basically kind of role players in there on their respective teams. Jordan Phillips from UT Arlington withdrew his name. Quentin Scott from Texas State uh, withdrew his name. And Kevin Samuel from TCU um, withdrew his name. Kevin Samuels, uh, from what I hear, is headed to Florida Gulf Coast, um, at least from what I read on Twitter. Um, yeah. Now, speaking of Texas State, Isaiah Small has returned to the Bobcats team a very very big thing in my opinion for the bobcats and now they get their top three scored scorers back and it's not yeah. just their top three scorers it's by in my opinion their top three players by far and that's a big deal oh 100
0: yeah 100 percent. i think Isaiah small. I mean, the, the, the report came out, I think from, uh, from Goodman on Twitter that, you know, a lot of big schools were offering or looking at him. I
1: don't want to say offered him, but we're looking at him. Tech, Texas was in the mix. Um, I think Florida was, might've been in the mix as I think well. It was, it was, I think the final five from what I remember was Texas and yeah. M. Um, well, Texas tech, uh, yeah. DePaul and returning back to Texas. Returning Texas
0: tech. day. Okay. Florida. I don't know where I saw Florida from, but um, yeah. I mean, this is a hu- this is a huge pickup because not only obviously you mentioned top three score and obviously now they bring back all their leading scores, but what he was able to do at that four tweener position, like he's such a mismatch that he kind of helps Texas state do a lot of what they want to do with their inside out game. He can dribble the ball. He can take people off the dribble. He can face up. He can rebound. He can run the floor. Like, He is like that again. He's a tweener. He's the perfect tweener type that you want to have if you want to go small. If you want to play him at the three and go big, like, and the fact that he, that position for the past couple years for Texas State has been so pivotal, but the problem has been is they've always gone, they've gone with a uh, a JUCO. In the past couple of years. And if they would have lost another one, Isaiah Smalls, the juke as well, but if they would have lost another one and had to regain somebody for that tweener slot, it would have probably put the development back a couple more years. Um, So I don't know. I mean, that's not not an easy win now position. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that he's back too.
1: But yeah, that 3-4 position is a really tough position that can do kind of everything at every level of basketball that is a versatile type of player that can take guys off the dribble, be a mismatch for bigs, be a mismatch for smalls. And I think that's what Isaiah Small does, that six foot eight. I mean, that's a really, really big keep for Texas State. And uh, it makes me optimistic that they're going to be able to run it back. And Terrence Johnson, that is a – I mean, that's – you have to credit credit him and credit Texas State for for you know keeping him in that position and doing the right thing and it appears to have paid off at this point. Yep. All right. Last but not least is the draft stock. Uh, I guess we'll call it a game, but based <laughs> from what I've looking at, based from what I've looked at, and since we've last done the podcast talking about the draft prospects, um, I've been looking at mock drafts every day basically and you know just different big boards and stuff like that uh mostly because i want to see who the spurs are getting at the 12th spot but also because uh you know i want to see how these texas players do so <laughs> we have eight players here and we'll start with the positives we'll start with stock up players who have their stock up and um i don't know if you saw the video ish but jericho sims hit his eye on the rim
0: yeah that was nuts it was at the clutch sports what was it yeah
1: yeah yeah at uh, sierra i think it was at sierra canyon high school yeah
0: that was nuts um i think it's cl- i mean you can watch that and clearly see why his stock is up like they saw him running the floor they saw him throwing down effortless dunks and i mean i think we talked about it when we kind of reviewed him just in general if you can run the floor man like you can shop block, you can run the floor there's the there's a career for you in the nba somewhere right yeah um i i see no issue with especially with a lot of these teams that pick at the back right they're going to be looking for somebody who can you know they're going to be looking for cheap help right you're going to, they're not going to be paying these you're not going to have money to spend on on a veteran rim runners things like that and so you take a jericho sims put him in the g league have him learn some polish up some things about his game but at the very least you get a guy who can run shop lock dunk finish lobs you, as long as you know how to read the screen, screen well, run to the rim. You're not a liability on offense. And no. you know, I think he's there's a re, again. He saw that video of him bumping. At first, I thought he. Uh, at first, I thought he was like like taunting a little bit. Like I thought he was like ooh, like I got high up there. You know, like like he was pretend, <laughs> like he was pretending that he hit his head.
1: But then I went back. I was like, oh no, he actually hit his head on the rim. That was nuts. And the thing. No, when I first saw it, I was like, did he pull up a little bit? No, he just like. <laughs> Had his Just, har- had his arms like here. I was like, what is happening? Like, he, yeah. I, I appreciate it because he made us sound smart. Like when we right, talked right. about it two weeks ago, we're like, oh yeah, this guy could actually be drafted. And then everyone's like, everyone's like, oh my god, he can literally like hit his chin on the rim, damn near. And yeah, so I was like, oh, at six drafted. ten, like it's like what in the world so yeah I have him as like maybe a a late second lock now maybe in the last 10-15 picks I think I said this on one of the last podcasts where it was like it's so hard to predict the last 10 picks of the draft because it's eye of the beholder type type situation so it's going to be based on what teams are available and what teams are um, needing in that situation or what they're willing to take a risk on Uh, but going from Two or three weeks ago, I didn't think there was a chance he was going to get drafted. To now, I think there is a substantial, probably 50% chance where he gets drafted in the second round. So,
0: yeah, um, I think, I mean, the, the combine will do that, right? The combine will get people interested in guys who have the tools and you know they see something that they can work with right at the very least you want this guy in your system whether it's in the g league whether it's on the on the bench for a couple years like you want to you you, some so many teams are okay with taking a flyer on a dude where he's like yeah we can teach him how to do other things but you can't teach you know athleticism like that
1: yeah um next up is quentin grimes Uh, a player who we knew was going to get drafted most likely, but we weren't sure where in the second round. Uh, He was at the combine and he played in those pickup games that they have, those five, those full court games. And he actually played really, really well.
0: 27 on one of them, right?
1: Yeah. And he played really well. And now I'm seeing high second to maybe even you can touch the first round in some, some, some scenarios. So um, that, that's a big deal for him. And I'm glad that he went to that combine and had a really good showing because we knew he could score. I was interested to see him clean up his game and really sharpen his game to where he plays against, when he plays against elite athletes, can he take a little bit of the, the extra sauce out of his game? Can he just clean it up and just be a pure score and just go do what he's got to do. And he just completely did that. And so shout out yeah. to Quentin Grimes. He is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think really good. One of the things I saw that uh, I was watching a couple of the games, a little bit of them was that and I guess I underestimated like his off ball movement. Mm-hmm. and because you know we mentioned the biggest issue for him is what position he plays and i think if you can move off the ball you know you're not going to be as dependent on it because we you know we thought about he's probably too small to be a two or a three but i mean he, if he's this small he could move off the ball this well like he can get away with being a two right he can get away with being a two in this league um uh so yeah i think that was one thing that i kind of that i probably underestimated him underestimated was his ability to move uh baseline move behind the three-point line get open and get a shot off because in that game he dropped 27 that was basically what he did
1: yeah this yeah shout out Quinn grimes he is a really good score high level scorer, scorer. Mm-hmm. next i have here is a surprise name at least to me is Faron hunt i from smu i i didn't even think of him as being possibly drafted yeah. uh, and that's again not a slight to him but you know he didn't have a crazy year or anything like that he averaged 11 8 and one block mm-hmm. at smu and he was a good player but um i think he's another one where kind of his upside as an as an athlete because he can jump he can block shot i mean he's a long guy maybe yeah. maybe giving him a chance at the second round i'm not going to say he has a 50% chance like Jericho Sims, but you know, I've seen him go up a little bit. So um, even if he doesn't get drafted, I mean, we're looking at a situation where, you know, at least he's on teams radars more, it seems like. And so maybe you can get a G leaguer stint or something like that if he doesn't get drafted. So,
0: yeah, uh, I think he, he was uh, I think he's the case. He's another case of somebody that people didn't really see who got a chance to show his athleticism at the combine. Cause he's another guy who's, you know, can kind of jump out of the gym um i think jonathan gavoni from draft express kind of tweeted out a video kind of talking about how he thought he was one of the, b- the bounciest players in the draft and like yeah. um you know with him it's probably gonna be a lot of weight too like putting on weight because he's a pretty frail kid but mm. um it's not surpri- it's not that surprising that coming out of the combine you know they see somebody yeah. jump and he's like oh that guy you know
1: <laughs> yep yep exactly Uh, next let's go to stock down players who have dropped a little bit since we last did one. And I was really surprised that Kai Jones, it looks like a lot of people have him outside the lottery. There's still a couple places that have him like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I really think the Spurs should look at him at 12, just for some front court help and some (laughs) versatility there. But I've seen a lot of places that have him outside the top 14. And that was something I wasn't expecting. I thought we were looking at almost a lock for the top, for the lottery, um yeah. i don't know exactly why that is but... i think
0: he i want to say i feel like he did not um i don't think he played in the scrimmages so i don't know if that helped if that hurt mm-hmm. at all um if that hurt some you know it's just some more people with their stock up and him naturally getting knocked down um but yeah i don't know it's a, it's a weird one because i think you would think at least for me he'd be a a a surer bet than a jericho sims right maybe right so maybe I mean again he's not falling out of the draft or anything but like I would I would if to me if if you had a prospect like him I don't know it feels like to me he'd be somebody that would be naturally around that there's always those lengthy bigs who can kind of stretch the floor a little bit um kind of hanging around the, the the lottery and I figured he'd be somebody who once he got to the combine would at least maintain his stock so i don't know you know it might be one of those late just like one of those natural droppers that happens and he goes like 18 or something right instead of in the lottery
1: yeah i mean because there's been players that have kind of surpassed him which i think is i think that's what it is more than anything it's some players they've just sure. kind of gone up josh Giddy uh mm-hmm. jalen johnson uh this guy from turkey who i've been hearing about a lot more but i don't know how to say his name so i'm not going to try uh Sengun or whatever it is uh mm-hmm. kispert's maintained his his position uh so i mean it's just a james book Knight uh has gone up a bit as well so um, there are just some players I think have just. Passed I mean, his up.
0: teammate, Greg, his teammate Greg Brown, got a couple of, you know, probably got a couple notices too, like you
1: know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, knows? yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how how that kind of plays out. Hopefully, he gets in the lottery still. But if not, it's he's going to a better team, and I think his versatility is gonna be fine wherever he goes. So next up, we got Jared Butler who didn't fall significantly kind of like Kai Jones, but he did, I did see him a little bit more like the 27, 28, 29 range. Mm -hmm. And last, uh, so I went and saw what we had, what I had him at before last time we talked about him he was at like 21, 20, not even like in the teens. Um, So that's a, that's a pretty significant drop off just from what the mock drafts and the big boards are saying of having him dropped a little bit. And that might Mm -hmm. be like, I, like, I think same thing for his Jones is just, and even more so with Butler, when you get to that late first round, is some players just look like they have a higher ceiling, I guess. Mm-hmm. That would be my I think
0: hands. I will say I know he was flagged, uh, because he had he had a medical condition when he came into Baylor with his heart. Um, but of course he he was able to play. I think that might have scared mm-hmm. a couple teams. I think if, I think he got a, like a medical notice or like the 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 league physicians kind of flagged him a little bit um of course if he gets clear then it's not you know then it's hopefully nothing to worry about but i know that kind of came back up um and the combine's really not for players like jared butler like jared butler's not the best athlete like he's somebody who uh, again you can put on your your boomer hat and just say watch the game right like i feel i feel like jared (laughs) everything you get you need to know about jared butler you can just watch baylor and
1: figure out (laughs) yeah well it's it's because like If Jared Butler goes to the combine and let's say he just goes and shoots the lights out, that's not telling anybody anything new. Like if they watched him play, he shot 40 plus percent from three the entire season. And if you watch any game, he he shot the ball. So nobody's watching him and being like, oh, wow, he shoots the ball better than I expected. Mm. No. So it's just kind (laughs) of like you said, it's really more of a display of athleticism and a wow, a wow factor that a lot of players have in the, in the combine. and And good for them i mean that's that's what basketball is an athletic game and so um guys like sims and hunt can really thrive in that scenario so um i'm not too worried about butler falling out of the first round i think he's just too good of a player too polished of a player for a team not to have him i think i saw like the nets at like 27 or 28 or whatever pick they have Mm. could take him just as a as a guard because you know they had to go get you know mike james from overseas you know they had to piece together their backcourt rotation so you know something like that and if you go to a good team like that he i think there's definitely scenarios in which he can make a roster and you know work his way into a rotation eventually so yeah now finally uh two players that i've seen have stayed the same that i thought were worth noting Uh, davian mitchell is continuing to be a top 10 lock and most likely a top eight lock and that's great because i don't see any reason why he would drop, and I don't see – I mean, I just keep hearing, you know, player comps like Drew Holiday and and all this really good stuff, and I'm excited to see him go. This is not too much analysis for me on Davian Mitchell because we have talked about him at length before, but I just hope that is true. I hope he's a lock for the top ten. Yeah. Falls to 12, no. Spurs take him, so there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. I think that – I mean, I don't know, man. I'm trying to look – I'm looking at the teams right now that are kind of mocked. I mean, well, not – it mean, does, does, does New Orleans pass on him? Does, I don't know, no, man. No, that's no, that's, there's yeah, no yeah. way. There's, there's no, no way he's getting the 12. <laughs> there's no, no way he's getting the 12. <laughs> he's, none. he's a lock, man. These, there's some teams that at the very least, like, hell I wouldn't, I wouldn't even like the Hornets would even be like, yeah, sure. He can back up L- LaMelo. Like, come on now. you kidding me? We'll run some two guard. Like, come on now. Like, yeah, he's not going to, sorry. He's not going to San Antonio, okay. but, um, <laughs> but no, I agree. Like that's, I mean, that's, probably the best defensive at least uh perimeter defender in this draft um you're really pulling hairs if you want to like really harshly judge of you know what you think his game could be especially at this range it's 10 range
1: um i don't think there's anybody worth picking
0: over him so yeah yep
1: Lastly, we have Greg Brown. Um, I've seen him pretty much stay in the first round. He's it looks like a late first lock to me. Uh, somewhere in the twenties is where I've seen him a lot, and I think we I mean, we talked about it at length when we, whenever we covered him. But I think his athletic potential is just too great to pass up on. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't see teams just being like, oh well, maybe not. You know, maybe there's yeah. some red flags here because even if there is a flag, I don't think there's a i mean i saw a shot in the combine it looked cleaned up a little bit more it's not as much you know as a hitch from here it's more from his like chin a little more straight up um and if he cleans that up and if he can just be a decent or if he can work his way into a cable shooter not saying he has to be a cable shooter when he steps in the league but when he's 22 23 if he can be a decent shooter at that point i mean we're, we're looking at a very very talented player and i think a rotation guy for for any team really yeah.
0: No, I I agree. I think that everything that I, every issue I have with Greg Brown can be coached. Like, you know, he takes too many jumpers, probably should be a little bit more physical. He can, you know, he can work on his, uh, he's going to have to work on his NBA body, right? That's all stuff that naturally gets taken care of. Um, if he would have stayed another year at Texas, I, he probably would have been more of Kai Jones's 210, 220 weight. Um, but yeah, like every like you mentioned it, he has the tools, especially that late in the first round. Again, we talk about those type of players, um, where you just see somebody with that athleticism, and you just you're intrigued about what you can do with him if you get him into your G League or your summer camp, and you just put him around NBA facilities and see what happens. Um, yeah, doesn't surprise me. I don't. I it'd be I'd be really shocked if he fell of the first round.
1: Yeah. No. Me too. Me too. For sure. Well, that's all we have for y'all today. Um, we're going to keep an eye on the transfer portal still because there are still teams. like I know North Texas has one spot open. I know Tech has two yeah. spots open. Um, I know there's a good amount of teams out there that are still looking for players. So if there's any breaking news there, we'll definitely hop back on and get to you. I thought maybe uh once the rosters get set maybe we can do some top tens or top fives and that'd be good start start ranking some stuff um Mm -hmm. to take to take from y'all's y'all's football i've been watching y'all's football youtube of the top 10 stuff and it inspired me it inspired (laughs) me i was like all right let's just get these rosters set and then we'll just start ranking you know kendrick davis versus (laughs) marcus sasser or someone like like, all right let's go go. let's just start yelling at each other but uh (laughs) Yeah, so, anyways, um, if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating and subscribe on Apple. Um, subscribe on Spot, we are on Spotify as well, so subscribe there. Um, check out all the Texas basketball content on texasbasketball.com. Um, they you know, still working on the the magazine, it's still in the early processes of it, but Ish is in charge and you know, mm-hmm. does a great job every year. Um, and yeah, uh, the draft is in two weeks, so shout out to all the Texas players in the draft and check out the Olympics as well. So um follow ish on twitter ishmael r johnson follow me on twitter at matthew Bruni underscore and the texas basketball twitter is dct basketball yep dct basketball dct basketball so check us out there um thanks for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later